0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. In your opinion, Carol, what is luck? You know,
1: I'm a writer, and I'm a real word person, so I looked up what luck is. And, you know, the definition of luck is basically success um, at some enterprise or thing, apparently without, you know, not based on your own work.
0: Right place, right time, things like that.
1: They really emphasize the chance and random nature of luck. But what I have found, and what science absolutely corroborates, what Gay's experience, the experience of anybody who thinks about this and who is a lucky person is that your luck, few people grasp the randomness. It's not as random as we think. It's really the combined result of your attitudes, your actions, and your associations, and that is, idea it may seem random there is a random component but what even what seems random could be something you set into motion weeks months or years ago that finally comes to fruition and because it you know wasn't didn't seem directly causal it'll feel random but your luck is so much up to you
0: some people would say that you can't control luck but you me and uh, gay and so many other people who have looked at this, would say, uh uh uh, that's not the case.
1: I think you can impact, influence your luck. When I first read the book, and I, I was listening to Gay in your last segment, you know, the big thing that he talks about in his experience was, you know, I, I committed to it. I decided to be lucky. And I thought, that can't be enough. You know, it just can't be. And it is the, I mean, all the scientists say that mindset, the social scientists, you know, positive psychologists, Mindset is a huge, huge factor. It's a huge determinant in luck. So yes, that is where you start. And the other thing is what we found and what for me was, I think, the biggest shift. I read Gay's book and I was still struggling with it. And then, you know, with that concept in my own life and understanding it, how to explain it well and complete it. And I read this quote by a woman named Dr. Tina Selig. She's a professor at Stanford. And she said, people think of luck as a lightning strike, isolated and dramatic. But in fact, luck is like a wind that's blowing all the time, and it's up to you to build a sail made up of tiny behaviors to harness the winds of luck. And that was the image that was the paradigm shift for me. I went, oh, so luck is always there. It's just we've got to do something to sort of dip into that river to harness that wind. Does that make sense?
0: It sure does. I had a friend, Carol, who had rotten luck. I mean rotten luck, and it, uh, it, it ended to the point where his luck was so bad, he ended up passing away uh, of a, sadly, prescription overdose, uh, just a combination of drugs that uh, got to him, and he had a heart attack, we believe. Uh, yeah. But his luck before that was horrible. This was the ultimate bad luck for him. Um, but his attitude was always negative when it came to luck. And yeah. it never changed. I mean, can people like that change their luck?
1: Absolutely. There is a positive psychologist named Doctor Richard Wiseman, and he talked about luck school, and we have we have the eight secrets in our book. We've taken all of that literature, we've curated it, we've based it on our experience and gay experience with you know, decades of experience, and we interviewed people who were lucky, and anyone can change their luck. Absolutely
0: anyone. What are some it of the techniques? What do you recommend? To, I mean, I've got the eight steps here in your book uh, that I quickly went through them with Gay, but are those the things that people should do, or are there other things?
1: Those are they, and I love that they, you know, there's four internal shifts. You have to make these core shifts. Now, your friend who felt, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. You know, if there's the people like that just feel so cursed. And a lot of that has to do with their mental conditioning. The second uh, step has to do with releasing your personal barriers to luck. And many people spend their whole lives just with this feeling that they don't deserve luck. Uh, Gay wrote a whole book, uh, The Big Leap, where he addressed one aspect of this called the upper limits uh, issue, where people feel when they get too happy, they sabotage their luck based on their conditioning. They don't want to outshine other people. They don't feel they deserve it. So sometimes we may commit to luck, but we are basically planting a seed and then letting the weeds choke out its growth. So we need to identify, and then we have techniques in the book uh, to help you really put those personal barriers, let them go. And if you can start, and then we had this idea about that Gay explained in the last segment, about shame
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: people don't understand that our goals are really a very important part of creating luck in our lives that when we have goals that light us up that are meaningful to us and if you want to turbocharge them so that luck give lucking, giving luck a reason to visit your goals you're like I love this quote luck chases worthy goals if you have a goal that lights you up as i said that is meaningful to you and feels really deeply satisfying and rewarding and also helps other people, you have much better chance of being lucky, of having support from other people, from uh, coincidences, from synchronicities, that it's you put yourself in the way to be lucky when you do things with, have that are luck-worthy, when you have luck-worthy goals. So those first four are the internal shifts that we recommend and that we have stories that people... Um, have done these things. They have made these shifts, and the resulting good luck that they experienced.
0: Carol, so that, did you did you ever oh, see the ahead. did you ever see the movie The Cooler with William Macy?
1: Oh, I love William Macy. I don't think I have seen.
0: Okay, that. you're, you're going to love this because this guy had such negative energy about him in the movie mm-hmm. that casinos hired him to stand next to people who were winning so they <laughs> so they would lose. So my, oh my, my God! My, that
1: is a segue to the next four because one of them is finding your lucky tribe, and really, the people you hang out with, the people you associate with, the people sitting next to you at uh, you know at almost any event can affect.
0: It's contagious. Why? Why does that happen? Why can they affect you? Let's say you're sitting there and you're positive and upbeat, but they're down and out in their luck and they're negative. And I know I know that happens because I've witnessed it. But why does that happen?
1: Well, my opinion, and I think it happens more often, not so randomly like sitting next to a stranger, but the people that we associate with most, those people either support you and fan the flames of your passions and your uh, ambitions and your you know, desire to do something in life and grow, or they throw water on it. And the people who are negative do not support you in being lucky, and, it, and unfortunately, sometimes those are our, our friends of long time, you know, long time associations. They could even be our family, and it doesn't mean you have to reject these people. It means you have to be aware of that toxic effect. And when you find people who actually believe that luck is possible, who radiate that kind of positivity, optimism, support, and celebration of your growth, then you're going to grow. It's like definitely taking an anchor. Off of your own ability to grow.
0: If you exactly. go in, if you go into a job interview and you say, "I'm not going to get this job," or "I'm not going to have this relationship," or da, "da da da da," I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Chances are very likely you won't.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it. Um, it's really common. And when they did studies on people who were identified as unlucky, there's a great, great study where this man he had a um, a little newspaper and he asked. Self identified unlucky people, nothing ever works out for me, you know, I never get a good job, everybody else gets all the breaks. And he asked them to, and also lucky people who felt lucky and that they were, you know, very optimistic about their chances and persistent and felt really great about life and about what they could do. He asked them to look in a paper and count the, the amount, uh, the number of photographs that were in that paper. And on average, the unlucky people took about two minutes to identify about 40 pictures. The lucky people took about three seconds because right on the first page, there was a box that said there are 43 photographs in this newspaper. And what happened was that people who are unlucky, they, they, they tend to focus too, too narrowly on things. They aren't open to what's around them. So they don't see, so they go to a party looking for a a mate and they miss meeting their best friends. They go to a job interview looking for one job and they're so tight and so intense that they don't impress the people and don't maybe get offered a different job. So there's this feeling that people who are just, feel unlucky, they kind of have a cloud and they aren't attractive. And I don't mean physically, I mean sort of energetically. And that is not going to help you. In any kind of lucky way.
0: What about materials that people consider to be lucky, like a rabbit's foot, a four-leaf clover, or some possession you might have that you think, uh, you know, I keep this for luck? What are those things all about and why do they work?
1: Well, it's so funny. They do work, which really confounds people because it seems like it's so superstitious, but scientists found, you know, social scientists found that it worked because we believe it will work. Again, it's like a placebo. It's the mindset. So when you go play, to go play golf with your lucky clubs, your lucky socks, you actually feel better and you actually see better and you function better. When we are scared or contracted or negative, we actually shut down some of the higher functioning in our brain. We make worse decisions. We don't breathe as as deeply. We are contracted in fear or negativity or depression. And so this idea of, Feeling lucky to start out, you've got your lucky charm, you've got your rabbit's foot, right? It's my lucky coin, Um, my lucky stone I keep in my pocket. What it does is it opens you up and you start feeling lucky and you see more opportunities. You actually physically see things because the, the part of your brain that helps identify things to you that filters things out and shows you important things will show you lucky opportunities if you are looking for luck.
0: So it's not the object, it's the belief in the object.
1: And what it does to your, actually to your nervous system and your brain and your perception. Yep. Isn't that amazing?
0: That is amazing. Now, what about the, somebody that the needs to make a love, you know, needs to make life a little luckier, What did they do to really start changing it? If they went through these eight techniques, would it happen for them?
1: Yeah, the last four are things you do every day. And really and truly, if you really take this to heart, you do the internal work, you write your goals, you get clear about what you're about, what your purpose on this planet is, and you start, even if you can't, I mean, obviously you have to put food on the table, you have to, you know, be responsible. But even if you work a little bit each day towards things that are important to you and you've made these internal changes, and then the last four will really take you. They will change your luck. I guarantee it. The first is taking action, bold action consistently. Most of us live in a, on autopilot. We do things that are efficient. We do it the same way. Mm-hmm. And basically, we don't give ourselves, we don't open ourselves up to new things that could potentially bring us great luck. For me, my luck story, really, I didn't realize it was one of the eight secrets, but I got out of my comfort zone. I asked for what I wanted in a, in a situation where it was knee-buckling fear for me. I really was scared, but I, I summoned up my 20 seconds of insane courage, which is what I call what you need. It you don't have to be brave all the time. There's these windows of opportunity. You have to just have enough gumption, enough moxie to just bring that up and hurl yourself through that window. And honestly, it was the difference between my life going one direction and another. I asked for what I wanted, and I became a chicken soup for the soul co-author rather than an editor. I became, you know, a royalty position. I ended up working as an author, and oh my gosh, that has made the difference in my life. But I could have just been an editor, but I asked for what I wanted. And even when the person said no, I said, okay, I was willing to walk away and not settle. And I'm telling you, that kind of taking bold action, saying yes to things, asking for what you want, getting out of your comfort zone is a big factor in being luckier. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.